When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up? Hello. Are you excited? It's a surprise podcast. It's a surprise. I'm excited because we're going to talk about my personal issues. Yeah. I didn't want to you, do this on the you podcast. Weren't expecting, you weren't expecting a podcast today. I was like, Ben, I have a situation that's causing a tremendous amount of guilt. You're like, turn on the cameras. Turn on the cameras. <laughs> Let's podcast. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, no backstory. The details. Um, so, this will be something that people can relate to. I was contacted by someone that I do not know well mm-hmm. that I briefly knew many years ago it's mm. a decade or more at this point an acquaintance from college perhaps a decade yeah and and we've gone and done our thing i do not think this person would have hit me up if they found out that i was simply in the same area that they were mm-hmm. independent but they came across our channel it was recommended via friend it was a nice message and we should definitely go grab drinks sometime and i'm not anti like people mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it actually feels strange. It feels like I'm, and I might be projecting because I can't infer this at all, but I get that we didn't hang out in college. I get the sense that you don't want to hang out with me. You want to hear about what I've done, mm-hmm. which makes me think that you want to know how I can help you, mm-hmm. which is alienating to me. And that's a lot of leaps yeah, that yeah, I'm well, making. Don't, don't it's a mind. lot of leaps that I'm making. So don't mind But, me. but that's but what's driving me. Your question is... <laughs> Should you hang out with her? Or your question is, I don't want to hang out with her. I I have this feeling and I feel a dual sense of guilt Mm -hmm. about being avoiding this Mm -hmm. person who does have my contact information and at one point had access to it. And a sense of not wanting to act simply based on guilt. But also like, am I overreacting in this chain of this is is what you want? Pretend that this person was not trying to get anything from you. They're just trying to catch up, but also pretend this person's feelings would not be hurt. It's tough for me to imagine that, but I'd be way more likely to want to. If I'm, I'm imagining a scenario whereby they had no idea what I've been up to. Well, you said she she has uh, attempted to be an entrepreneur in the past, right? So yes. probably she's going to ask you, but anyone yeah. would ask you, sure, like, hey, what's sure. going on? So, so yeah, let's pretend that this person had no idea and was just, oh my gosh, I've been reconnecting with college people. In face. I'd be way more likely to, is the truth. Interesting. It's it's a sense of fear of being of someone, and I'm again. This is I'm not saying this is what she's doing, but I think this is what's going on inside of me, of someone being fake about their motives because when there was ample opportunity for us to spend time together, that was yeah, not a priority <laughs> yeah. at all. We never once got lunch, sat down. Or did anything. It was just a, a casual hello, hello was, sure. was what the situation was. Yeah, no, if you were some nondescript, non-exciting job, she probably would not have hit you up. That's yes, your sense. yes, which makes me think you're not – I was similar in personality. I had <laughs> I could be friendly and talk, movies and that kind of stuff. That was available 10 years ago. The thing that is new, which seems to be enticing to you, is my achievement, mm-hmm. which is not what I, I feel – grimy connecting over that in a way and so i don't know what's going on in her but that's certainly what's going on in me is this feeling of of discomfort with that sure 
So now it's public. <laughs> and why? So why don't you want? So why wouldn't you want to? If this was someone, I think nice I'm just going to go because I'm just going to avoid the guilt, and it'll be an hour, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, it'll be fine. She'll be friendly. I'll be friendly. She's not going to hit me up asking for an investor. I don't think it's anything of that nature. I do get this sense. Again, I could be wrong because it's a leap, but it's it's the weirdest kind of network where you just want to know and touch base with people who are achieving things. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. Well, she also might just want to ask your advice. Hey, you started a business. It's I successful. prefer that via email. I will honestly. start a business. And then if she'd ask, you know what it is? If she'd asked for advice via email and I'd written her back, she said, you know, I actually have a few more questions. Could we get lunch? I'd say yes. Mm-hmm. I'd say yes instantaneously. It's that I feel like there's a duplicitous thing going on here which is which is, makes me nervous what if you just go to lunch and then if she asks about work like i just don't i don't want to talk about work or she's like i had such a crush on you in college <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna be the case um i know that's definitely not gonna be the case uh but yeah i have no idea i've i i think i'm just gonna go because i'm a guilt-driven person i say you go and just refuse to talk about anything <laughs> work related <laughs> Just you bring up, have you seen the latest Marvel movie? Oh, oh my god! Here's one command. Uh, I'd, I'd rather not talk about it. What's new with you? <laughs> well, she would love to talk about what's new with her. I'm sure. I'm sure. I I suspect there's a an attempt at collaboration. Speaking of which, segue. We got hit up with an interesting collaboration demand. You oh, sent did you me like that text? Night. That was amazing. Did you like that text? So we have for the viewers who don't know, we have a submission thing for sponsorships and and contact us form essentially. And we got one last night that you sent me. Yeah, I hope English is not. <laughs> There's this no way. There's first no language. way. I'm sure that it's not. But the subject was collaboration demand. Demand. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. There's nothing in it about why we would want to do it. And no. this person's channel has 46 subscribers. Yes. They're like, I want to make a video on 10 things that make you more confident. I want this collaboration demand. Yeah. Thank you. It's like. <laughs> There's so many questions I have. I I was stoked about that. This uh, is a sponsorship application. If we had a, if we had more of a lifestyle channel, I I would say yes to these things because I think it'd be so fascinating to dive in and and put your all into working with this person and try to create the best collab you could ever do. Now I'm not saying we're gonna do that with Charisma on Command, but I've often thought of like a yes theory bring him, type bring him channel. On the podcast? get them on the podcast like bring them in make them a high operative in our business just instantly say yes to all these kind of crazy things dude that would go so poorly i think it'd be amazing to document though it'd be fascinating when when because i'm sure this isn't the first type of collaboration demand this person nor the last no and to see what happens when they when they get it would be so so interesting could ask him like sure send it our way we'll take a look no i know i'm i'm gonna steer this but i want this to work like why (laughs) i'm just saying if we did it i'd want to put like 40 to 60 hours into a killer video for their channel and then promote it everywhere and just go crazy no no he wants to make a video on our channel (laughs) oh he wants to put it on ours yeah dude he wants to make a video Ah. on how to be confident so yeah, put let's it do it. Command. I want to. I want to spread this. This is why I was so confused. I was like, "Why would you say yes to this? This is a disaster." I know it's a disaster, but it's fun to think about. So the other that which made me think of another sponsorship that we got. I don't know if you saw this because I I even wasn't supposed to see this. This hit the inbox that I don't always check, but was in for for we're sourcing it's a sponsor writers. that didn't go through the sponsor app. Yes. Okay. Yes, and. I just clicked it because it caught my attention, and I don't remember the name, and which is good because I'm not going to say it. But they want to work with us, smiley face, all these things. I clicked their site. They are the happiest, friendliest, even professional-looking site that writes essays for college and high school students. And all the clients are like, 
had a lab paper due on Wednesday, told these guys on the Thursday before, and I got a B. Great service. Oh, they cheat. They cheat. They're professional cheaters. They're professional cheaters. Wow. <laughs> and it's got the friendliest vibe and smiley sure. face. And like, I'm sure that sponsorship would slaughter. I'm sure we could I make would them a lot of money. Rush. But I was thinking, yeah, I, I, I was shocked. Did and I ever tell you we got hit up by a Russian mail order bride company that wanted to sponsor with us? Why, why didn't we do that? Uh, well, I, I said that we had to test the product first. Yes. So I can't endorse it until I know it's good. So Are there refunds? Please send Svetlana my way. Here's my address. That would be, and again, this is in, in this alternate universe where I become Jim Carrey from Yes Man, and we just agree to all of these things, and we have them send a Russian mail order bride. That'd make for a dope video, trying to just integrate her into your normal life dude i have that guy's email if you want we can make we can make that one happen no problem that could be the next channel once we get once we get totally burnt out on charisma on command just saying yes to podcast absurd that, shit. yeah just just doing the most random things we'll call it yes theory we'll call it <laughs> <laughs> so that was yeah so that that hit my inbox and made me laugh there's a number of other things henry uh-oh henry's saying that my dog pooped in this room i don't think that's true <laughs> When you double feed him, there was poop when I got home. It was his dog. I don't care what he says. He he had a couple interesting phone calls this week. He was so you know this. He's he's done Shopify drop shipping. He's been mm -hmm. fairly successful. He's a sunglass mogul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Benji's girlfriend and then my cousin both asked to speak to him randomly the same week to see how they could do it. Which cousin? You don't know this cousin, like okay. just a random, just a random person. Not random. I mean, he's my cousin, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you've never met him. And uh, so he's in college right now. He wants to do it. They had similar conversations, which I thought was interesting and I think is indicative and perhaps a lesson for people out there. They both wanted to call and ask questions, which makes sense. Get yourself a mentor. But neither of them had started in any real capacity. Mm -hmm which is interesting. They both wanted to know what roadblocks might lie ahead, which I mm -hmm. empathize with. But part of business is hitting the roadblock sure. and the skill that you develop in overcoming it, sure. not in asking people how to avoid the roadblock. Well, also, even if they tell you, you just forget. Until you you, once you get to the roadblock, you're like, wait, what was it? Well, they also don't have the vocabulary for him to give any sort of specific advice. Right. So the, the question, what, what mistakes do beginners make? And I was in the other room, and he's not starting. <laughs> like, it was so interesting to hear him. And he wasn't mean about it. He was very, very cordial yeah, and friendly. Nice guy. And I, I told him, I was, if it was me, I, I would have done a tough love thing. This right. phone call. This phone call. No, yeah. There's nothing wrong with this phone call. You haven't done anything before it, yeah. which is the issue that you think, and I think it's an education issue, which is you're used to getting a curriculum from your teacher, which gives you a rubric so you know exactly what you're supposed to do. Yep. It's not how this works. And what do you want? There, there was such a lack of clarity about goals and, and all of these sorts of things. It was, I think these were two well-intentioned people desirous of changing things in their life yeah. that had the most fundamentally flawed blueprint of how one goes about learning in life and sure. i think it's because of their schooling which is unfortunate so i don't know if you have any thought but no no it just reminds me of that time room. i got invited to a conference that was full of people making seven or eight figures and we yeah. were making about 30 grand a year at the time yeah and uh so i rocked up and everybody's talking business and i'm just like what are we talking <laughs> they're using words they're like yeah so ad copies why would you copy so i have ad a question 
<laughs> What's ad copy? So I, I had a really, really world-renowned ad writer walking me through ad 101. Like the Which is most unfortunate. Ba- yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it was a shame for him. He was a very nice guy. And uh, no, it's just funny to look back and be like, I was that person to some degree. Like I was like, wait. Everyone is that person. I market by finding out about the customer? <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't just sell what I want? Well, even even that was a step above the complete lack of direction and just this general sense of not what I currently have. Yeah, was is the desire. I'm just saying I've been there. I've been the I've been totally. the rookie who's just well, like ev- everyone. Everyone starts there, and I don't mean to disparage these people at all. I just think it's unfortunate that after 20 or 30 years of life, this is the bedrock from which people yeah, start. Which that's is most ex- people. It's weird that we didn't. We just read a book and we're like. We can do this and started selling DVDs about parkour. <laughs> like in hindsight, it's so ridiculous. We, we didn't just, ask anyone a question. Two, two 21 year old kids. We read one book, went done. Do you guys want a business coach or maybe to Google some more? No, I'm good. Yeah. I read a book. Could have used a mentor. I'm going to buy a domain. Would have helped. Sell some DVDs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess I think that if, if you're out there listening, read the four hour work week. If you're at all interested, it's a foundational book. But yeah, do that. Mentors are, are excellent. But I think particularly at the beginning levels, there's not much they can tell you other than you have to start and encounter an actual problem Mm -hmm. for me to help you overcome it. But right now when we're just talking about maybe you want to do this, maybe do that, there's not a lot I could say. So that was my, that was my Hank daddy. What happened with you? You were at an 80th birthday party. I, yeah, I went to my grandpa's 80th birthday party in Baltimore. It was lit. Not much to say. It was nice. Honestly, I missed my puppy, but it was nice to sleep a full eight hours. Dude, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was like, I didn't remember where I was or anything. I kind of looked around. Oh, my God. Just went right back to sleep. Your puppy came down and Felt started screaming so in my good. house. I knew when it was podcast time because the puppy came into my apartment and everything just went fucking haywire. She was screaming? And then they screamed back. She's, she gets out there, man. Oh, no. She's, not in front of daddy. Does she not talk around here? Nah. Oh, yeah, man. Nah. She gets... She gets. She knows. She's the shouter. She knows. She uh, saves that. Yeah. Speaking of dogs, weird segues throughout. So I <laughs> randomly... <laughs> Just watched Logan Paul's thing. I don't know why it came up. Well, you were sending me news links, and this was in the bottom. It was sad, man. His So I didn't know this. His dog, his little dog that he had a while ago, was eaten by a coyote. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then, within the last three, four days, his parrot was eaten by the new dog that he got to protect his other dogs from coyotes. And... It just, it was so sad. Is he talking about it? I watched the video where he gets the news and there's feathers all in his room and this dog that he loves just mauled his parrot of seven years. Is he sad about it? Yeah, he's sad about it. And it was interesting and I give him credit because he's walking and he says, I have this strong desire to make a joke right now and minimize this and I know it's unhealthy and it's not good for me. And, you know, I was like, wow, that's, that's good for you, man. Interesting. That's. That's very insightful of you. So it's he's just learned, sad, man. He's learned from his suicide forest experience. That's what he said. He said, I feel like death is trying to teach me something because it keeps happening. And this has been a it's been a crappy time. Yeah. So, yeah, I watched that. I was like, ah, well, one, you sound more mature about how you're handling this, allowing yourself to get sad instead of just <laughs> yeah. shucks, guys. But, man, God, can you imagine? I get mad when my dog eats a book <laughs> yeah yeah it's <laughs> weird how attached you get to the animals right away yeah. dude. i was like four days in did i talk about this already i was four days no. in with the puppy and she got sick and i was just like please don't die i was so sad you so sad. yeah yeah 
this dog, man, are you still feeling that way? Even after the last sleepless nights? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But she's in. fine now. She's back to being being a menace. Being a menace. <laughs> now you're just reminded that she's a pain in the butt all the time. I'm like, oh, she's going to live. Yeah. But yeah, man, it was a uh, it was a regular. Yeah, what did you do this weekend? Out? Dude, actually, that's I'm embarrassed to say this. So I was making a video on alpha males, which okay. is which is the one half of what I was doing. And then I was like, you know, it'd be cool if I downloaded like a ten year old Digimon video game. <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why it popped in my head. I played this game when I was probably in elementary school, and I was like, I wonder if they made a new Digimon game. And then I sat down with the new Digimon game and raised a bunch of Digimon for way too many hours. Okay. <laughs> and then so That's what was, happens when I leave. I would like write a script on alpha males and then sit down and clean up Tamagotchi <laughs> Digimon poop. <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, we did great, man. They got to like ultimate level. It was so you and Grace? No, it was me alone. And, and yeah, raised my Digimon. And then, unfortunately, in this game, they die after a certain amount of days. So you, like, put all this love and care into them. And it's so tedious. It's a metaphor. Liter- it's Tamagotchi. It's like, oh, they have to poop. Oh, they're hungry. Oh, they're, like, scold yeah, them. Yeah. That type of stuff. What is fun about it? Nothing. But it's addictive. <laughs> <laughs> it's addictive. Okay. It's fun when they get to the next level. It's truly just a it's, – it's – variable reward it's just a grind where you, you see them become bigger and it's like pokemon where you just want them to get to that next that's hilarious. achievement they're and so good at making video games addictive yeah yeah and i had my own dog who was there who can't digivolve and i was like shut up <laughs> <laughs> shut up you want to go outside i'm trying to play digimon right now <laughs> wow maybe i should give him like a different digi name but yeah, so I sat there. So out, much to unpack. Yeah, yeah, played played this. At the end of the night, I had my Digimon died at the end of it, Tragic. and they go back to the beginning, and it was starting again. I kept going, and after a minute, I was just like, "This is worse than Sisyphus and less enjoyable." <laughs> and I just deleted the game. And I was like, "Lasted one night." It lasted probably twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. But it was like a solid chunk of those twenty four hours was spent Digimon. Wow. Yeah. And then I finished my script on alpha males. I was like, alpha males, like take no guff from no one. <laughs> <laughs> they never waste time. Alpha males don't waste time and they achieve. So that video is, by the way, it's gonna it's uh, lacking in structure. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. It sounds interesting. It's the it's, Rock, it is Conor McGregor. Who else? It's all over the place. Um, it's it's The Rock, Conor McGregor, and Tom Cruise. And I think I'm on to something interesting. But as I sat down to write it, which is unfortunate, the title that we were thinking of is How to Be an Alpha Male Without Being a Jerk. And one of the things we try to do in our videos is get right into the content. But I realized when you say the word alpha, mm-hmm. you've got you've to talk about yeah, it because sure. there's all these triggerings. Is this toxic masculinity? Is this only men? Mm-hmm. Do alpha men even exist? A la Adam Conover. Yeah. And then – you got to establish what it means to do this without being a jerk. So I was like, man, this intro is going to be a minute and a half just mm-hmm. for me to get into the video. So I scrapped that and oh. just was like, here's how to be an alpha male without being a jerk, presuming that you care about that and have a definition that matches mine. So I'm predicting that the comments are just going to be off the chain wow. with people like, this isn't an alpha male or yada, yada, yada. I, I just didn't want to waste time arguing over semantics and then so we get into it and i actually think there's some there there are interesting points in there because it was so variable between connor tom and the rock 
I didn't research enough of all of them to get supporting clips from all of them on every point. So it feels scattered. So I'm over here with Connor on one point, and then I quickly moved to Tom Cruise, and I quickly moved to The Rock. There's interesting moments in there, and there's contrasts yeah. from like the people who are interviewing them as well. But I, I just feel like with more time, unfortunately, we have this weak schedule. You think it's going to bomb or smash? No, I think it's going to medium. I don't, medium? I don't know that people really care about being an alpha male. Or this is the other thing. Well, some people care a lot. I don't think that they're afraid it. of being a jerk, is what I realized. Yeah, yeah. The, as I was sitting down to write the intro, like, this isn't a problem that people identify. They either think that alpha males are stupid and they yeah. don't care, or they just want to be an alpha male and they don't care what be, they have to do I'm to get being, there. I'm fine being a jerk. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's do it. In fact, like, that's part of, of doing it. I'll be an alpha male. What do I have to do? Punt, punt this baby? Team alpha male. Yeah, yeah. I got to talk shit and I got to fight dudes. I'll and do I gotta, anything. Yeah, and never just back down. I just want to love myself. Yeah. So it is an interesting video. There are interesting points. Maybe over the next few days we'll, we'll tweak the angle a little bit. But yeah. there's there's cool clips in there. So Sounds cool. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, that's what I've been up to. I've been di just digivolving, digimoning, nice. doing all these kinds of things. Do you want to talk prenups or do you want to go straight into uh, current events? Yeah, so I saw I, – I messaged you. Well, yep. <laughs> this is hilarious. The, Grace texted me this morning and – it sounds like an Onion article title. She's, she's like, I suspect you're going to like this. Here's what it is. A pastor who wrote a best-selling relationship book says his marriage is over and he's no longer Christian. Sick. <laughs> I was like, is this real? And then it's, it's CNN. And it was – it's a guy – it made me think something in, instantaneously. Yeah. But then I saw it was getting wide coverage. And I went, wait a second. I don't expect mainstream media to ever – knock marriage marriage is sure. profitable and then i get into it and it's not they're knocking religion what they're they're very proud and it's like every news station is running this and i think it's interesting that the group of people that seems to be most mockable or not most mockable but widely mocked are religious people these yeah i was days. gonna ask i'm surprised by that the news is fine mocking religious people. cnn is for sure interesting which i'm i'm not religious but i do notice that there is a uh, a glee in what? writing this so, article this yeah, is a yeah. non-article this guy wrote a book in 1997 he's a dude who had a divorce and he's got he got 4,000 likes on an instagram well, post uh, my, our you friend know? runs a business he was religious i yeah. don't know if he still considers himself religious but he started a business yeah and it's in tech and everybody was really really intensely about diversity mm -hmm. you have to have a certain amount of women you have to have a certain yeah. number of different minorities and he's like well the sales no one the salespeople are just white guys that's who's applying it's like doesn't yeah. matter you better bring in females to other roles or find women that want to be your salespeople. so he's like okay i'm doing all this stuff to have diversity and then he said in his slack they just shit on religious people yeah and he's like i could never make a joke about women I could never make a joke about people of different races but yeah. i at the time identify as not me but him yeah. at the time identifies as christian and it's just in his own slack for the yeah, company yeah, yeah. he runs while people are shitting on stupid religious people. And yeah. he's like, these people don't want diversity. Mm -hmm. They want a bunch of people that look different and have the exact same ideologies yeah. and think exactly the same. And he was like, well, I can't fire any of them, yeah, yeah. you know, like, and I'm not going to make a big stink about it. What am I going to no, do? Just go put, to HR. <laughs> he just says, just like, I'll just deal I with the like fact to submit that a complaint. they're mocking <laughs> something that to him was very important. Yeah. But he's like, the lesson he took away is that it's, it's a joke. No one wants diverse thoughts. So and it was, obviously not known, but he, sure. it's like it was interesting that this that this article uh, it, he wrote a best selling book in 1997, mm -hmm. right? It's been a long time. This it is a non issue. Probably still making bank on it, but though. he well to this guy I did check out the post and I give him credit. He's he seems to have retained some of the good things while letting go. He's you know apologizes for his stance on LGBTQ issues mm -hmm. and saying that they shouldn't be accepted into the fold. He 
apologizes for saying that people shouldn't really date, that that is, in fact, an important thing to do before one gets married. And he also says, you know, one of the things I've experienced in having said this is the grace of people of all different creeds and faiths, people who have forgiven and accepted what I've said. And I've also experienced the lack of that from people of all different things who are Mm. critical of me as atheists or as religious people and, and... just you know seem to come from a place of hate which i thought was i thought i kind of like the word grace in that sense i know tony robbins uses it and devoid of its religious context the idea of uh i guess forgiveness and kindness is mm-hmm. i dig it but anyway he this article came up which we were talking about prenups well wait before we talk so speaking of divorce did we ever confirm if neil strauss got divorced i th- so it's it wasn't he wrote a book here's the thing called the truth right isn't that interesting all, which was all about isn't that interesting and how so successful he's, he, it is so he's and... a best-selling seven-time mm-hmm. new york times author who i believe and i'm gonna double check this let's look um because yeah it's interesting that they would write about the pastor for getting from, divorced from, after writing a relationship book in 1997 yes but i think like five years ago neil strauss so, came out with a book that was touting how the he truth went and how, monogamous how it was oh, all dude, about this monogamous is fascinating man so i looked but this it up did not make the rounds so blast wrote the book it made the rounds it's incredible man no one no one really wrote about it famous pickup artist neil strauss files for a divorce this is by blast.com new york times cnn well, no one and the guardian all the people who covered him writing the book yeah that's what I'm did saying. not cover the so divorce they covered, so they covered the fact that he wrote the book they covered this guy's divorce yeah but they won't cover That's fascinating. Neil's divorce. So Can't I rock think, the boat too much. I think he got divorced because it says it in Blast.com and this other random website and, you know, documents obtained. Maybe it's not true. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe they determined it Never not to be him. true. No idea. No idea. But wow, I believe that he did because people, at least in forums, are treating it as if it's real. Maybe they were fake news. But it appears to be the case. If it is, which I'm not certain it is. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Because when he wrote the book, it was covered a lot. Oh, yeah. The, that the pickup artist decided to get into a monogamous relationship was... No just, one wants to cover that he got yeah. divorced because of too many cam girls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think that's the case, but... <laughs> so, yeah. So, I'll holster it until I can totally confirm. And, yeah, Angel, I don't know if in the background you... I don't want to uh, disturb too much, but if you can just try to confirm, it, did that happen? Was he actually I couldn't divorced? find a reliable source. Yeah. So, so let's holster, but... Gosh, if that's the case, it's juicy. It's yeah, so yeah, it's juicy. What's the name again? Sorry. Neil Strauss. N-E-I-L space S-T-R-A-U-S-S. And and just see if it's the case. And hopefully don't type too loud because, <laughs> well, we can cut your mic feed. But so, prenups came up. I was watching an older, not that old, podcast, Tim Ferriss. Yeah, from May, right? With Ramit. Yeah, with Ramit Sethi. And they talk very, very briefly about prenups. And I was watching it, and I had a reaction <laughs> that was strong. <laughs> so here's my general take is one of the things – I have no idea, again, what he did. But the one thing that he said that, that kind of triggered me was she wants to know that if anything goes wrong, she will be taken care of, which don't know what that means to her. But goes wrong I think means we get a divorce mm-hmm. and taken care of appears to mean I give her money, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is, I'm, sh- I, can't, I can't believe that. Now, I understand, and I'm glad that the government 
has put in protections for child payment. I think that you should not be able to dip out on a child that you've fathered at all. And I think that there should be serious, if you jointly make a decision in a relationship whereby one person will leave their career in order to raise your child, they're owed some sort of compensation because they were betting on you Mm -hmm. being the breadwinner. I'm not certain that that is necessarily the case, but I just had a ton of reactions that the boilerplate split is 50-50 is wacko to me. Like, I can't imagine that that would be the case in any business merger where we just start from an understanding that we're going to go 50-50 yeah, yeah. No regardless of where in, people start. And this That'd is be nothing... sick, though, wouldn't it? If we could just merge with Amazon and, and be like, uh, listen, well, we'll go 50-50. Yeah, we're just going to talk. We're both companies. <laughs> we're both companies. <laughs> and, and I get that. I don't know. I wonder what kind of incentive that that sets up and also what it says that that one that a person wants to be taken care of like if if i get divorced let's imagine that i marry an heiress and i decide that i don't need a job while i'm with her and we get divorced i expect to have to get a job again (laughs) i expect to have to produce like what that person why would that person afford me the same lifestyle that was about being with them while i was not with them it seems crazy to me and again i have to make clear that i think that people should be compensated when they make sacrifices jointly based on an agreement that you're going to be here to provide later. But man, I don't know. I don't know what's going on specifically with them. It just seems a little bit. It's all, it's all funny. I don't have any answers, but I was surprised at how arduous that task is. You both have to hire lawyers. It's months of negotiation. I thought you just sit down and you're like, Hey, what do you think's fair? Here's what I think's fair. Oh, let's hash this out over like an hour. Mm -hmm. Apparently it's many, many months of lawyers and therapy and yeah. Yeah, someone someone was saying it was like the worst six months of their relationship. Or yeah, something. which is crazy, which to me is, and again, I don't know why any of the specifics, but that's such a red flag. Either side, if she's the rich businesswoman, if you're the rich businessman, and the partner has a really hard time drawing up a contract for what happens in the event that this falls apart. And by the way, the other person could pay you if they wanted to. Yeah. If the relationship were in a place where they, whereby they were like, look, we're not good for marriage, but I love you and you deserve. They can still pay you. This is to extract money from someone who does want not to, yeah. want to give it to you under penalty of jail. And it has nothing to do with guy or girl. It's, it's I don't know, man. I'm, I was just shocked that that was the standard reaction and that that was acceptable. And I'm, I well, was imagining I, myself. Tim, actually, I thought Tim handled it very well. Tim, Tim Ferriss, he was not challenging he just in the sense that he wasn't aggressive yeah. but he did uh, yeah he was like i don't understand why people get married he literally asked me he's like why are you getting married yeah which well, i thought was a good question it's well, like, I, why are you doing this again, like, why don't you just date and have a kid exactly and ramit said i think he's like fair enough he's like yeah this is mostly my family the way i was raised it's coming from my parents yeah he talks often about his a very a stereotypical family, indian yeah. upbringing you know yeah. and he says that that has affected why he works so hard he's pretty honest he's like yeah yeah I got stuff from my parents. Like we all do. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this is why I work so hard. This is why I'm getting why married. Why I'm getting married. Interesting. So, so that, that I see. You just said something that made me think. You were talking about how Tim, what was the first thing that you said? Tim was like, why don't you just date and have a kid? Oh, I know this is not romantic, but this is kind of the point. I actually think romance should be taken out of these kind of decisions. Love does not require romance. Romance is the willful closing your eyes to statistical and actual reality. Like love does not require that at all. The if someone came in non romantically to a business offer and was like, I want this much money, and you're like, Well, we're not going to give you that, 
you would not negotiate with them. You would just say, we're not going to hire you. <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel if you're the party with the money entering into a marriage. Again, whether you are the rich businesswoman or the businessman, if someone says, no, this is unacceptable, you go, that's fine. We don't need to do this. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not sitting here demanding that we get married. And in fact, I'm very curious and would love to hear in the comments because we, we're just going to echo each other. What is the appeal of marriage in 2019? I don't honestly get it. And I mean that not in a tax break. Tax break. You get to visit the person in the ER. Okay. What else you got? I don't know, but I mean this genuinely. I don't, I don't, I'm not, this is not a point that I'm trying to make in a veiled way. I would love anyone in the comments that thinks differently to let me know what, what is the purpose of this? Why we need people to call in. I would love to have someone with, the, to, to flesh this perspective. Go live and out. then have yeah, call-ins, yeah. To, I don't even want to debate it. I just want to hear it because <laughs> I, because I don't well, understand it. I think there's a, there's a sense that that's just what you do. Yeah. You know, that that's when you find someone you love. You marry them and it's a commitment. You know, mm -hmm. relationships are hard. Marriages are hard. My, my parents are very happily married, but they'll say that there are times where things yeah. are not easy. And when you're married, you're ostensibly in it, you know? So it's like, mm -hmm. okay, we're having friction. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Now, divorce does change that a bit because now you just have a more difficult breakup, but you can break up, but it is a pain in the ass. Yeah. But that, I think is what some people would say is the advantage of marriage is you're just com you're committing you're like i'm not gonna to do this breakup is gonna cost me a lot of money and a huge headache and it's not it's not an option on the table so when we have shit that goes bad we're gonna figure it out mm -hmm. i think that is well does the and and i don't know the answer to this does the divorce cost one party i mean i guess it's our money at this point but somebody's feeling like they're losing. It seems like a zero-sum game in a divorce. It's going to cost somebody a lot of money, and somebody's going to gain a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. So it's not actually incentivizing that. It's, well, it's incentivizing one person, <laughs> right? I, 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 tell me if I'm doing the math wrong. No, you're right. It's zero-sum. <laughs> so I don't get it. It's a commitment that incentivizes one person to become independently wealthy if things break down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? It's it. <laughs> it's awesome. So... But I, the other thing is, and that's it's not always the case that there's such a disparity, I think. And that's the other thing is that if two people go in with relatively similar incomes, they both have careers that they continue to pursue, the financial ramifications might not be so stark. Sure. Nor, and normally a prenup doesn't say the person gets nothing. It just says what the person gets. Exactly. It says we're not going to do 50-50. We're going to do this. Yeah. So anyway, I, I honestly, rather than talk to you because we would just sound like an echo chamber, let's get someone else in here. I would love to get another opinion. A caller? On the topic. A caller. tech. I want to make this like a radio show. Yeah, let's do it. Live stream it and then we'll have to wear our headsets, mm -hmm. but have people call in, maybe Skype in to the computer. We'll figure it out. This is, this is not a podcast talk. Any other interesting stuff before we hit the news? Well, just to finish what you, because I oh, looked Neil. up. Neil Strauss and the only I mean the closest to a reputable source I could find was the blast like Ben had mentioned yeah and it doesn't seem to have any sources it just says a court document obtained by the blast got it so so who knows we'll ho we'll we'll put that one on pause we'll do some digging <laughs> we're going down to the courthouse to try to figure this out only because I'm interested if it is the case that it hasn't been covered that's really what interests me more than anything because I think that says if it's the case I'm it surprised would the pastor got covered it's it's a story that they want told, I think. 
that that the, that religion is stupid. That what? Well, I'd have to read it with a more critical eye. But that's when there's a non-story that is making the rounds. It's yes, it it simultaneously confirms things that the readers of that outlet would like to think mm-hmm. and feel about the world, and it serves the agenda of the people spreading the media. So I actually think that could be a really interesting article to to try to understand what cnn is is after these days because <laughs> it's not newsworthy in the slightest money yes they're after money that's a good guess all right what we got speaking of being after money tulsi gabbard is suing tulsi gabbard baby gabbard is it gabbard oh good no no i didn't mean to correct you i was i was so is it gabbard tulsi I gabbard <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> oh is it I'll, I'll stick with my original one mrs tulsi Mrs. Uh, uh, Tulsi Gabbard is suing Google for $50 million, claiming that the company violated her free speech when right after the first Democratic uh, debate, her Google advertising account was suspended for six hours and she wasn't able to make any money for that time. It was suspended. It was suspended right after the debate. And, and what she, reason did Google give? They claim that this is um, an automatic response, that it wasn't any person, that they just flagged um, some unusual spending activity on her account, so suspended it, and then corrected it when they saw the mistake. Oh, because she was getting a lot of traffic? She actually, according to Google, uh, was the most searched person in the debate um, right after it happened. Sure. So she was, you may not know this exactly, she was trying to collect ad revenue from her website? No, no, no. She did well in the debate and for a brief period of time was the most googled candidate she was so people were pay, clicking those ads pay money to get people to her to make site sure that when you google her you go to her site got it so she's trying to be the top search yeah and google shut it down and she is saying that what they were trying to do is not make me the democratic candidate interesting what do you think i mean I think it's interesting because didn't Google do this with Hillary Clinton? What? I thought that during the election there was Google got in trouble because when you tried to Google Hillary Clinton's bad stuff, they were whitewashing it. So you'd look up Hillary Clinton, so there was, murder, Hillary Clinton, whatever it was, Secretary of Defense, failures, and they would just be like, there were, I didn't dive deeply into here. it, but there were, it was far easier to find Donald Trump's dirt than it was to find Hillary Clinton's right. dirt. So that's why I, I don't know if it's true or not. But it's funny because we used to think the news was a high-integrity, unbiased way to find out what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And now I think everybody's pretty on board with the fact that some news outlets are crazy. Now, if you're Republican, it's you think the, the one New York guy, Times is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And if you're the Democrats, you then you think, think Fox, Fox is yeah. crazy. But everybody's on board with like the Somebody news, out there. Yeah. Some of the news cannot be relied on. And what I think is interesting is I think of Google as a pretty it, – it's a – faceless entity on the internet that is unbiased and its goal is to serve me answers to my questions Mm -hmm. and what she's purporting is google has an agenda which i think is interesting and i yeah don't know enough about it but i could imagine a world where google did that with hillary clinton and is doing it now and does have a political agenda yeah i could also imagine a world where no one expected her to get that much traffic and her spending went through the roof. And they're like, whoa, you don't want to spend $7 million in a day yeah, yeah. on ad clicks. So don't know the, the specifics of her. I wonder if $50 million is – that's punitive though. That's not just I think that's what this is worth. I can't imagine that 
like you can still find information about Tulsi Gabbard. She was not going to get fifty million dollars worth of exposure, I think, in that six-hour span. But who knows, I don't know. man? I'm very excited to see it though, because I was one of the people who thought the news was, you know, a white what they call an ivory tower of yeah, yeah. of perfection. Well, the issue, the other thing with I Google think is Google too. Even if you presume that Google doesn't have an agenda. The simple act of having sites that are treated as authorities, which are those news sites that you mentioned, and deciding that some of these will count as authorities and some of these won't, Mm -hmm. which I don't know that they hard code, but are are also based on links so that there is a sense of these entrenched, you know, when Time Magazine links out or New York Times links out to you, that says these people count. These Mm -hmm. people are important. And when they don't, it says these people don't count or these people aren't important. Or if they do count, the anchor text that we're using is far-right terrorist organization, and Mm -hmm. that's what you're now associated with. Yeah. So whether it means to or not, it gives a tremendous amount of clout to the news organizations that you would just said are at least according to many and myself, yeah. highly partisan. I'm becoming, and, yeah. I'm becoming a bit of a big big corporation skeptic. I'm a hyper skeptic. I'm yeah. like, Google, you're not trying to do what's best for me. You're trying to do what's best for you. You don't. Don't be evil. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, so that's why I don't know if it's true or not, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah. To me, I'm like, yeah, I do imagine that Google does what's best for Google and not what's best for the U.S. population. Dude, I was, that's so funny you say this. I think that's true of everything. I was this this is something I've been thinking about a lot this week. I watched a video on actualize.org that I that I told you a little bit about, which is he's a guy who's very into meditation and psychedelics. And he's very into what he would describe as elevating your consciousness. I enjoy watching his stuff because it is very different than anything you'll encounter pretty much most other places. And he was talking about politics in his last videos. And one of the things that really influenced me is he said you cannot the the amount of selfish in today's selfishness in today's world is so astronomical you wouldn't even believe it like if you were to come down into this world as an alien race or 3000 years in the future and see the degree of selfishness with which we all live mm-hmm. you'd be staggered and i was thinking about that with context people take as much as they can legally and socially Mm-hmm. And don't give a dime back. And I mean that like nobody overpays on their taxes, right? You can yeah, argue yeah. that we need higher taxes, but no one will no overpay. Even if you're yeah. pro getting taxes raised. Now, one could argue, and I would argue this, I would rather donate my own money to Charity Water than to the U.S. government. Sure, sure. But even when you take what is – and I watched this video of Conor McGregor. I'm going to pick on him a little bit. It's Conor McGregor and Tony Robbins, and they're talking about Proper 12. And he says, we give $5 of every case sold of Proper 12 to first responders. And it gets a huge, wow, give back, amazing. And I Googled the cost of the case. Yeah. It's 260 bucks <laughs> for whiskey. That's, I think, age three, four years. Double check me on that. It's not 12 years, which I feel like is a clever marketing thing to make it sound like McCollin. In any event. Where's the 12 from Proper 12 come from? It's the district that he grew up in. But uh, certainly when I heard the number 12 in course, whiskey. Of course. I thought 12 years. Of course. So clever, Connor. clever, clever. He's a great marketer. And it's, I did the math on revenue. It's less than 2% mm-hmm. that he gives. And the guy's got personally over a hundred million dollars. And I know he's got fatter margins than that on proper 12. I know it. And it was, cr- and to sit and all clap. And it's true that giving less than 2% of revenue is such a miraculous thing to do in this day and age is an indictment 
of the world that we live in, I think. It's not an indictment of Connor. It's an indictment of all of us that that's so profound and remarkable. Like you and I, Connor even to an extraordinary level, live like kings. Mm -hmm. Not only do we have everything we need from running water to beds to people to help us do this podcast where we disseminate our ideas into the world. Shout out, Angel. Shout out to Angel. (laughs) We... We're just so freaking selfish, man. It's it's incredible to me. And so I I mean, I personally tried to sit down and cap the amount of money that I'm gonna take every year at a ridiculous amount. Like I spreadsheeted, I was vacations are in there and massages are in there. And I said, Okay, this is the number. And I did that because what I've seen is that number that I think I need goes up every year sure. as I make more money. What are you gonna do with the leftover? I'm gonna the rest of it. I'm gonna give it away. I'm going to do charity water or something. I'm going to give it to people that I think really need it. And I'll try to be discerning about that. But it just made me think, like, we're so proud of our of our hundred millionaires. We think it's such an achievement. And I can imagine living in a world that was better than this one where that's shameful. <laughs> to oh, hoard. To, to have a to billion hoard, dollars. Not a million necessarily. No, a billion, I said. A billion. Where, where that's, that level of hoarding is shameful and and i and i don't mean to indict any particular individual because it's true of every person at their own level i look at these various divorce settlements we were talking about where people you know mackenzie bezos took 30 some billion dollars and it you know could have got half and i feel like didn't sit down and think did i contribute 30 billion dollars of amazon's growth might some of the employees at amazon deserve more of this stock should this all go to me? And even Jeff Bezos, who had 120, being like, I think I'm going to keep all this stock, <laughs> you know? And I, I, I'm not going to liquidate some and, and put some back into a non-profitable thing like getting water for people in Africa or malaria nets. And I, I've just been shocked. Isn't that kind of the American way, though, to, like, laud the billionaire? Yes, that's what I'm saying. And and it, he, this guy really made me think and realize how, how selfish I I am, how insanely selfish I am, and it's not the rich, it's not the poor, how insanely selfish we all are. Uh, And so you just said, you know, people take what they can get. Google's doing what's best for Google. It's just true of every organization, and some of them have way more ability to do it than others. Sure, but I thought that some weren't like that five years ago. Uh, I thought thought they were good guys. I thought the news was to promote the news. I thought Google's job was to tell me the most accurate thing for my search. Yeah. I thought that surgeons' jobs was to do the best thing for their patients. You know, I thought there was tons of things where the, where that wasn't the case. I yeah. didn't think that surgeons were motivated by money. I didn't think Google was motivated primarily by money. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that the news was motivated primarily by money. You know, five years ago, I thought that there were thing that their primary focus was their primary function. Mm. Google is a search engine. So what is Google trying to do? Be the best search the engine best. possible. Yeah surgeons do surgery so what are they trying to do they're trying to be the best doctors for their patients and possible. not and not sometimes yeah so no exactly to to, to not do to surgery. discerningly decide when to do surgery and then do it to the best of their ability only to the level that the that the patient needs that's what i thought surgeons did yeah and you know I, i'm sure i can think of a hundred examples and there are still stuff like if you're a public school teacher yeah you're probably really trying to help kids because yeah. you make no money yeah. but i think in things where there's a lot of money flowing around news surgeons google etc it's only recently that i've realized that their their primary focus is not actually their primary function mm-hmm. it's uh, just new to me you know? sure and i'm still recognizing that in different areas of the world well i think what happens and the guy talks about this i've seen this is 
you you view the world in the same way that you view yourself. It's tough to not. You sort of have one underlying theory that dictates how you see things. And so when you view the world as, oh, there's the good guys and there's the bad guys, you see the sort of same thing in yourself. I have good instincts and bad instincts, and these are the bad ones. And in addition to that, I'm also generally one of the good guys. Yeah, I'm the good guy, obviously. obviously. <laughs> I'm obviously a good guy, yeah. minus those other things, which I'm are my bad things. If this were Die Hard, I'd be Bruce Willis. Yes. Yeah, obviously. Yes. I'm the protagonist. I'm not selfish. Those other people are selfish. Yeah, they're and Voldemort. So, and so, yeah, so one of the things that I've, I'm trying to do is when I see that in the world or when I hear Connor and I get a little bit triggered is go, okay, how much is your business giving back, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's every time that I see that in someone else. More I than 2%. Tr- more, well, a lot more than that, honestly. And I think we can <laughs> yeah. do. I think we can do more. I'm just saying. Um, no, yeah. The other thing is realizing that there's no evil in the same way that like there's no good guys. Yeah. I was talking to my family about politics. You know, we're all pretty democratic, mm-hmm. fairly liberal, or like what liberal used to be. I don't really know where things are at these days. Yeah. And it was interesting to talk to them and just to be like, yeah, there's the the other side is not evil. They mm-hmm. just have different upbringing. Really, yeah. they're just born in different states more than anything. Mm-hmm. And we ha- kind of had a back and forth about like, well, that's not true about this issue. That's not true about this issue. And it's like, no, like the root it is. Yeah. They're they're trying to do their best with immigration, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like kids in cages. That's true, but it's a very complicated thing. And if you just let everyone through, there's these issues. And if you don't do that and you put them in prison, there's these issues. Yeah. And I was like, what would you suggest? And every suggestion had a hole. And that's not a that's not because my family's not smart. It's just they're really complicated issues. And I'm obviously not promoting kids in cages. It's just mm-hmm. that. It's very easy to demonize the other side. Yeah. You know, and forget that the Democrats deported more people than Trump has and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So I was, it's just like, yeah, there's no good guys. Google's not a good guy. Google is a profit, a for profit corporation. And there's no bad guys. Even the other side is trying its best. And you'd love to live in a place where we could talk calmly about it. And I think if we got agreed on the same fact set, we'd make the same decisions. A lot yeah. of this evil stuff just comes from disagreeing about the cause of gun deaths or whatever it might mm-hmm. be, you know? I, I dig that a lot. I've been thinking a lot about the the illusory nature of evil and how... Because it's so fun emotionally yeah. to look at oh, people. Oh, and easy. That's and Humans are wired. Yeah. In-group, out-group, dude. That is how to we're go, wired. Oh, Try. my God. Did you Good, see how bad. awful or how stupid? That's or how, how we got where we were. That's, yeah. that's why we're so successful. I mean, though. and we'll do that on the podcast if we haven't already today. It's fun and tempting to sit down and just go, oh, my God. I couldn't believe I would never. Not just fun. It is your, it is your nature as yeah. a human. Yeah. You know, there's the parable of the scorpion and the frog, right? Yeah. Your nature is to see out groups. It's just how we're wired. Oh, man. I'd love to talk about this nonstop, but I think we should philosophize a little we'll go back to uh to grounded earth i do like this topic though. all right let's talk breast implants let's talk breast implants if people like this dude yeah, we, got, we, we got to do a call-in show it's it's over I, I i love talking to you but i want to get some god what a good example that would be too to have a varied dialogue with potentially passionate people who, yeah, who yeah. think differently that'd be that'd be sick we have the to tech do this. man the tech is our only issue but it's a phone just give them your number <laughs> give them your number <laughs> And I've got things to do. Starts with a two, everyone. <laughs> you guess the other it's two eight. Two and five, Philadelphia. Ooh, now Ooh. you only have to guess seven. seven. Also, All right, what do we got? Well, like Ben said, let's talk breast implants. Um, <laughs> textured breast implants made by a company called Allergen have been recalled by the FDA. Allergen? 
or I think it's aller- it's spelled A L L E R G A N. So I don't know if it's allergen or. That's allergen. such a funny name for something you put in your body. <laughs> what is what a goofy name? Could be allergan. I'm not sure. <laughs> Got it. But allergen, <laughs> allergen. Uh, the company uh, they're recalling their textured breast implants because they've been linked to a rare cancer. It's not breast cancer. It's a cancer of the immune system. Got it. Got it. Wow, that's a bummer. No, it's interesting because I've heard from some women who have done, have gotten implants that it's often treated by the per, the doctor who's doing it, and even your friends is like, oh, this thing that you do, and it's serious, serious surgery. Mm-hmm. Like you are laid up after this. It's not a small thing. You also can't do anything. You can't dress yourself because yeah. you can't. It's something about your range. You can't move your arm a certain yeah. way because it'll rip or pop or something. Gosh. So yeah. One of my exes had it, and she said that her mom had to come, like, dress her for work. Man. I wonder the first breast implant, if that was considered barbaric the first time that it happened. I don't know. Because a lot of the plastic surgery that we have, I mean, at its fundamental level, is they just cut or break and smash and replace things. So breast implants are funny because you just... You're just jamming something that looks like a bigger breast that's not a human yeah. body part into your body and then sewing it in and being like, ta-da! Ta-da! Does this make you feel differently about yourself? It's hard. Oh, dude, did you read cyber- Psycho-Cybernetics? Yeah, that it does make you feel differently about yourself in some cases. But not always. Well, Is that what they say? Yeah. Uh, so what I remember from that book is that he was a plastic surgeon, right? He was a and plastic surgeon. And he would say surgeon. that when people had a self-image of himself that was more beautiful, their entire life would shift. But also that some people would get the same surgery and they would <clears throat> still think of themselves as ugly. as ugly. And that's why you get these people that do more and more and more that's surgeries. That's so interesting. They, so that was his, that's why he wrote the book because he's like, what you need is to rewire here. You actually don't need to change your exterior because your... And so, but sometimes the exterior is a trigger to rewire the interior it sounds like but the reason he wrote the book is because he was disappointed with the number of clients that would guess get plastic surgery and then not feel more beautiful. oh wow that's why that is why he went into the research and the writing of i'm gonna reread that that's awesome yeah he's just like it doesn't make sense to me like they're all doing the same surgeries but way too many of them for his liking yeah come out of it got the nose job got the boob job this and that and you go, how do you feel do you feel beautiful and he goes no no i feel like now i need a like my stomach's too big you know, mm-hmm. like now I'm just noticing these other flaws that I hadn't noticed before. And some people like them. Some people get them and are super stoked about it. But That's really interesting. I wonder. And and then he goes into sort of NLP style positive psychology and how you talk to yourself in order to reinforce things. What is the. Yes. I, I haven't read the whole book. He His book, which is quite good. You can get it at audible.com slash charisma. <laughs> is uh, it's about how to control how you feel about yourself. Okay. Without needing the plastic surgery. Got it. So you can change your own image of yourself, and that obviously bleeds into your confidence. It bleeds into how you present yourself. Your body yeah. language changes. But it's it's via, what is the mechanism? Self-talk? Mm-hmm. Got it. So I want to do a program that that gets all of this one day. I tried with Emotional Mastery. Yeah, I, I was say, to, isn't it just Emotional I, Mastery? I, I think it needs... What it doesn't have is this is the first filming of it, and I haven't gone back, researched what days did you get hung up on, what days were really sure. good. you're just saying Emotional Mastery 2.0. Yes, but to nail this, because I do think that that psycho-cybernetic stuff works, but we also know that self-talk is a, is a fairly surface-level degree of change. Yeah. There's, there's amygdala-level changes in just gut feelings that are non-linguistic that you can do via ayahuasca or you can do via deep breathing or also the road of manifestation is just littered with bodies of failed people who are like i'm gonna be a millionaire i'm gonna be a millionaire like all the way to the poorhouse. yeah so i 
what gosh that would be such a good program i'm sorry that i have all these wacko ideas that i'm not actually following through on <laughs> work on it step one hire a i am writer. working on this so so for those of you interested in the business side of charisma on command i have been working hard on the business so we've been trying to get writers in so that i'm not in the hamster wheel of new content every week so that, that we can make it emotional so that i can point th because that's where i think we could actually gosh that would be so awesome if there was a 30 60 day program that hit various levels of that in a sequence that that worked reliably mm -hmm. i dig psycho, psycho cybernetics but when i hear self-talk i always go ah that's not enough you like, should read the book i really liked it yeah i'm sure i will Vegas. i i think i think self-talk is important i just think you got to go to a deeper emotional level sometimes but anyway that was a uh, breast implants <laughs> yeah don't get ones from allergen <laughs> In other news, there are millions of grasshoppers currently swarming Las Vegas, and a lot of people online have compared it to stories of locusts in the Bible, um, but they are not locusts. They are pallid-winged grasshoppers and are mild-mannered. They're just migrating through, but because of the unseasonably Jeez. wet weather this year, there's a lot more than usual. Oh, man. And I have a video, and it does... I can see why people are comparing it Angel, to biblical don't stories. Don't downsell it, dude. This is this is the plagues, man. <laughs> this is Egypt. This is some biblical shit. Well, if you look at this video, it I can see why people are comparing Thank it to God locust we worms. Moved. Yeah, Nexus frogs, then it's meteors. Then it's your firstborn. The grasshopper in wow. That is disgusting. My buddy lives there. He said he doesn't have to feed his dog anymore because his oh, dog just goes outside man. and eats crickets. <sighs> and so we can there's more than that are they just congregating around the light or is there like is that's that, everywhere apparently that's everywhere yeah yeah oh so they're just migrating um but it will apparently take us a couple of weeks for them Sin to City. be done and a lot of them there is a a, a large um they, they cluster in the, the well-lit areas oh god so, the well-lit areas of vegas <laughs> and i i couldn't find i couldn't find a great video to show you guys but there are um apparently oh, there's a lot over the luxor the luxor i was gonna say can you imagine that so that adds to Just the how biblical many dead grasshoppers are sitting on top of the luxor oh my god that's exactly what i thought it was the beam of light coming out of the luxor makes you miss vegas huh totally makes me miss vegas jeez yeah, not interested. Glad that we don't live there anymore. Isn't it funny to think about how much we were excited to live there when we did? It made a ton of sense at the time. Yeah. At the time, it was like, well, I'm going out, trying to go out to a bar or a club like five nights a week. So where can I do that and have it not be weird? When I saw, <laughs> so when I saw this story, I was like, oh, thank God I don't live in Vegas anymore. What a stupid decision that was. And then yeah. I remember being so stoked about living in Vegas. And it made me realize how much... How certain you can be of something, and then how 10 years later you completely disagree with it. Which is, I think, important to keep in mind for any stage of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's happened to me at least two or two yeah. to three times. That was, what I, that was one of the things that's triggered with me. It's like, man. We're going to be married doing this podcast oh, online sure. with no prenup. Just like. Yeah, my wife's going to be a dope guest <laughs> slash co-host. Co-host? Who needs you? That makes me think of Tearzu. So he's a guy on YouTube who does oh, yeah, these, yeah. these things. The the channel that breaks down which animal would win in a fight or who's mm -hmm. better and it it just illustrates the point that we have been so dominant over so many kinds of megafauna like you know you don't need to get eaten by a tiger today that's yeah. just not going to happen with any sort of regularity bears all that kind of stuff but man insects if they if they feel like it still destroy us like we can't handle it there's yeah, too many one, of them number one killers on the planet right yep. mosquitoes yep the number one animal killers on the planet and we still just 
they're too tiny, man. We can't stop them. Yeah. Guns can't get them. No one's ever scared of insects, though. People sometimes are scared of spiders. I'd be scared of that, man. Okay, let me put it this way. (laughs) Everybody that I know. Scared of tigers, yeah. Mentions sharks when I bring up surfing. Yeah. It's literally like 85% of the humans I know. It's absurd. Mm Mm-hmm no one is like oh do you know that mosquitoes actually kill hundreds of millions of people mm, yeah like no no i guess you're surfing jaws yeah that's that's bad that's bad math on their part emotional math what else a twitch streamer uh, oh threw her cat a twi- yeah <laughs> did you see this yeah i haven't seen this she chucked her cat <laughs> i i heard the story i was like dude i threw my cat like get out of here like she went overhead, man. Let me see. <laughs> she this. goes she, like she had salt in her hand, and she just wanted to not have bad luck. She went boom. Yeah, so Wait, make it big, make it full screen. Yeah, so pay attention because it does go quick. It, it's quick. I mean, is it out of anger? Is it a joke? Yeah, no. it steps on her lap in a way she doesn't like. If you've ever owned a cat, this yes. this is familiar to yeah. you. Oh, it's not playing. Sorry, we'll get it. She got a boyfriend. <laughs> Sorry, what are we talking about? Yeah, Look at the little know. corner there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, wait, go back. Do it again. She goes overhead, man. It's fine, though. It always lands on its feet, right? Yeah, but there's a difference. I When I would chuck my cat, it would be like, get off, and you'd go to the side. She goes overhead. <laughs> it's fine. I know, Are people pissed? So the SPCA went in and took a look and said, the cat is fine. It's happy. It loves her. It's got a friendly disposition. Everything is, yeah, people got pissed. People got all up in arms. <laughs> Like you've never thrown your cat. <laughs> yeah, over not over not over the shoulder like that. That was a big one. She claims that people were showing up at her house, like just people that knew her from online were showing up to, I guess, perform their own wellness checks on the cats. But I, I don't know. <laughs> there, there's no that's proof not of that. Why they were there? That doesn't. Surprise They're looking me. for an excuse. That doesn't surprise me at all, man. Yeah. That's like when Logan Paul took a video of a guy that had already committed suicide, and then people <laughs> were so upset that they told him to commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah. The the overreaction of a certain a small certain population yeah small, small is hilarious and ridiculous and predictable yeah and it's like one percent of the population it's like you showed a video of a suicide you should kill yourself wait <laughs> aren't you mad because he's minimizing suicide yeah but you just wrote on a public place that he should actually he's alive <laughs> he should kill himself that's what this reminded me of like you threw your cat I'm going to come to your house and threaten violence on you. Like, what? You're going to threaten violence on a woman? Because she threw a cat who's fine? Yeah. Ah, classic internet. Over the shoulder. I dig it. That's some juicy, that's some juicy gossip for this week. Let's do the questions. My favorite part. Fan questions. That's my favorite part. All right. So the first question comes from a Charisma University student called uh, Johnny Moak, or is it Joni? Their question is... I was an introvert before I joined the course, and I have seen a huge improvement in my life since I started it. But also, I have realized that solitude can improve our charisma since we get to know ourselves and who we really are and what we really want when we take time to listen to ourselves. I want to know, what do you guys think about the importance of solitude for charisma and personal development in general? You're the introvert. Yeah. Uh, I I have to be alone. It's my nightmare. I (laughs) lose... Ben doesn't need to grow. <laughs> okay. It's my nightmare. I'm an extrovert. I get very weak. You'll, I do think you'll have a phase of your life where you get very excited to be alone. As we discussed, things change over time. Nah. But anyway, you're the introvert. You answer. So I, I think it's critical. I think you need to, especially being alone is, is so important because you're not getting other people's opinions in your head, which 
will change the way that you think about yourself. The times where I'm able to reflect and actually where I write all of the videos that I do basically is when I'm alone and I'll go to the, the foot spa and I'll just get like an hour long massage. And that's my time where no one is talking to me. No one like there's no way to get to me during that time. And that's where I have my most useful creative insights is sitting there. And it's a total luxury, which I appreciate as well. I think it's, yeah, absolutely do it. I got no problem with it. I'm 100% introverted. I spend Actually, way more time alone than I do with people these days. Well, even for me, charisma-wise, a lot of my personal growth came from replaying interactions mm. and thinking about what I wish I'd done, which obviously you have to be alone to do that or you have to be talking to someone. Like, I talk to you sometimes. But the growth comes from going out and talking to people mm -hmm. and then coming back and reflecting. It's not just sitting in a room playing make-believe, but it's also not just being out in the world trying to be charismatic. It's going out having an interview, having a date, giving a speech, being with friends, whatever, and then coming back and being like, what went well, what didn't go well, yeah. being alone and noodling on it and kind of thinking, how else could this have gone? That, to me, was might have been the most important part of the charisma learnings yeah. that I had. Yeah. So I think what, what I've had to do at various points in my life schedule time for one or the other whichever one was not happening in my in my life so mm -hmm. we would schedule time to go out because mm -hmm. that was i was working from home and you were at an office so we would make sure that we were getting out mm -hmm. to go meet people yeah plus and we were addicted to going out so plus we were addicted <laughs> which is important but yeah to these days i schedule time to be alone to to not to not have external things so i don't know if there's a more particular question there but i i give you two thumbs up <laughs> for for keeping time to yourself Cool. The next question comes from Jeff. Um, what up, Jeff? I think Jeff asked a question before. Uh, Jeff wants to Freaking know... Flyer. Welcome. Uh, Welcome back. Yeah. Go ahead. Jeff wants to know how to deal with attention hogs. Um, he explained that he was having a conversation with his dad who sort of yapped on for 90% of it and wouldn't let him talk. And uh, Jeff says... Uh, I'm curious how to deal with people when their ego takes over and turns them into a conversational narcissist. And even though you love them, you want to disarm them for a moment for a more fun back and forth banter. For no particular reason, I am going to send this your way as uh, well. Sorry, is this because I'm a conversational guy or because my dad is? You know, I'd rather not say anything about <laughs> I any... Need some I don't want to say anything about any Hooperts, <laughs> but I do think that this probably makes sense for you to answer as well. So, so the question is, how does one handle his dad is at his they're at dinner and his dad is doing all the talking yeah and he's fine with that but at the same time he wants to have a conversation he doesn't want to listen to his dad monologue for 90 percent of the time i think he said literally 90 percent of the airtime and so his question is how do i get him to chill back to even like 65 percent of the time uh -huh. so that i can talk for 35 percent of the time so that we can have an actual dialogue instead of just being talked at yeah, so I don't know if it's the two of you there, but one thing that you can do is that is generally powerful in conversation is use your voice to redirect to a third party. So if he's talking, it's one thing you go, well, I want to speak. And he's going, oh, I, I want to speak. But if you go, I'd like to hear what mom has to say or I'd like to hear what someone else has to say. Very hard for that person to go. No, I'm going to overrule you so they don't get to speak. So that's one thing that you can do is is purposefully triangulate a third party in if if they're there. The other thing is that I think what people want in these particular scenarios, they want something. He's looking for an emotional payoff. So I don't know what the tenor of your conversation is, but you keep 
telling me that I have to say something about this. When, when my dad or when I get on a tirade, it's we want to be validated. We want to feel that we're heard. We want to feel that maybe even that you see something in what we're saying that is right. Or smart. Or smart. Yeah. And Acknow so acknowledge not just for speaking, but for speaking intelligently or yeah. spe saying something interesting. There's a desire in Tony Robbins has six key human needs. It's probably a desire for connection, but also mostly for significance. Yeah. So, so yeah. So if, so if they're continuing to talk, they might not actually be getting that need met. They have to keep talking, right? They, they keep trying to get it. So if you can find a way to, to give them that need of feeling significant, they go, you know what? That's a really fascinating point. I'd never thought of it that way. It does remind me of blank that, that's one angle in because what they're what they're searching for is not simply to have air escape their mouth for yeah yeah 90 you're satiating the their ego temporarily yes which will give them a brief pause mm. while they gnaw on that validation <laughs> which is and what they're searching speak. for which is what but then that validation will run through sure and it will be time to speak sure. again I guess the point to recognize is they don't want to talk for ninety percent of the time they want an emotional payoff and if you figure out what the emotional payoff is and you can find a way to give it to them that's authentic right with which without having to lie to them. You can give them what they need. They'll likely calm down, and then you can chat. The other third option, which you might not even have to resort to, is any time that anyone's doing any kind of behavior that you don't like, the best place to deal with it is not necessarily live. If it's someone that's in your life on a recurring basis, you can say afterwards or at a different time or, or maybe just as long as there's nobody else present that, hey, one thing that I noticed, this is a little bit strange, and you can draw out the intros to get them interested. I uh, don't really know how to say this, but... And then they're, they're hooked and you go, I feel like when we talk, you aren't as interested in hearing what I have to say as, as you are. And I get the sense that you do most of the talking and I would like to share. So something, one of, one of those tacks, I think will, will take you pretty far. Yeah. I actually made two videos that I think will help here. One is about how to not get talked over. And the other is about how to have tough conversations. Everything I'm going to say is just from those videos. Cause mm -hmm. you were saying, I feel like, and that's one of the things we talk about in the tough talks yeah. video is. You talk about facts and feelings. Uh -huh. You don't you don't accuse the person of anything. You don't label them as anything. But rather than give a 30-minute answer, just go watch those videos. Sick. Thank you. The last question I have comes from Katie. Uh, and she asks, Hello. Uh, or Katie says, I just went through a breakup 24 hours ago because my ex didn't want to continue a relationship through long distance. Well, we're best friends, and I feel devastated to have lost somebody I love both romantically and platonically. I was wondering if you think staying friends after the end of a long relationship is possible or even healthy. And if so, how do I make sure I don't fall into old habits again while doing so? I mean, I have an, an initial reaction. What old habits? This would be nice to have the person on the phone. Yeah, of course. Because, like, fall into old habits. I think... Sleeping in, together? You're long distance. Like, no, I think imagining them as my guess would be imagining or planning or hoping or trying. Oh, how do you for, emotionally just be friends? Yes. Yes. Interesting. So I don't know how long you dated, but I do think – I don't know that I've ever seen anyone. I, I There are people that, ha, that have friendships with exes. There's not many, but they, they're out there. But I don't know anyone who just downshifted – like that mm -hmm. without time completely apart which would then allow you to restart the new relationship because what you're it sounds like trying to do is there's a sinking ship and you're trying to salvage as much as you can as mm -hmm. it's going down and you're gonna you're gonna 
grab whatever you can get because it hurts and it's a really, really crappy time. I think if to follow this analogy, it's like, no, the ship has to go all the way down. Everything has to go to the bottom. And then you come back with another boat. And now you're not drowning, you're not sinking, but you can choose without having to cling what you would like to bring back from Mm -hmm. that. And if that's a friendship, it's going to be easier to do having separated well i do think you can i do think you can be friends i don't think you can keep the same cadence of conversation if you're long distance long distance significant other probably talking every single day probably texting every hour every couple hours and that is most likely not going to be a sustainable there's no no way Yeah. yeah there's no way you can downshift to calling them in two weeks you know i don't think you have to take six months off it's going to be an amount of time that is highly uncomfortable that you're not going to like sure because i'm honestly i did this with my girlfriend of four years from 19 to 23 we broke up i was and i use the term addicted very lightly there's no judgment here but i was addicted to contacting that person whenever anything would happen in my life i'd want to reach out to her i'd want to call her or text her and i remember that the next day after the breakup I something happened and I reached for my phone and I was like, oh no, mm-hmm. what have I done? Because I've removed this person that was so important to me from my life. And like it's solidified in that moment what I had lost, I guess. So my pieces of advice would be when you do feel the urge to contact this person, who else in your life could you reach out to? So for me, I redirected that. I went and I talked to you. I talked to my friend Ted, talked to my parents, text my sister. And you, it's not all going to be the same person because honestly, for a lot of us, for significant others, we talk to them way more than we do to any individual friend or family member. But you can, you don't have to bottle up those thoughts. You can just share them with other people. Mm-hmm. That's the one piece of advice I would have. And then the second one is if you are going to try to be friends, don't, I've seen this mistake made a lot where you want more contact with the person. So when they call you, you start complaining that they don't call you enough. And basically they have done what you want, which is call you. And then what you do is punish them for it by complaining or making them feel bad or trying to guilt them. And what they're experiencing is, oh, calling this person sucks. So I'm not going to do this anymore. And so, yeah, what I would caution you of is if you're trying to turn this, uh, I don't know what sex for broken up relationship. If you're trying to take this broken relationship and turn it into a friendship, try to make the person want to talk to you by being fun and having good conversations. Don't try to use guilt or anger to get what you want because you will just push them away. I've seen that a lot. Yeah, that's great advice. I think that's one of the big shifts for many people between what a friend and a relationship you would expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get, you, there's an expectation that you get to complain to your boyfriend. Sure. But once you're friends and you're doing that, that is not gonna no, you're allowed last. to i mean weirdly i don't understand why but you're allowed to yell at your significant other you're allowed to tell them that you're my boyfriend you're my girlfriend you're supposed, you're supposed to. to do that yeah you're supposed to call me you're supposed to this you're supposed to be here yeah, that's not how friendships mm-hmm. work yeah and so i've seen a lot of exes where like, you don't call me enough you said you wanted to be friends well i do want to be friends well you haven't called me in a yeah, week there's no there's no okay. leverage there. uh well, now I'm not going to call you for a month because this has sucked. Yeah. And I've seen that happen with multiple people that wanted to be friends and just didn't know how. They just didn't shift out of being, you know, significant other mode mm-hmm. and using guilt and anger. And so they just pushed that person very far away from being friends. Yeah. So. Yeah. Great. I uh, I wish you the best. I know it stinks. Good luck. Good luck. All righty. Was that it? I thought there was four. Oh, there is. I wasn't oh, sure. Oh, there's another. There is one more. I wasn't sure. Bonus question. Bonus I actually was. I will. I, I was. I was gonna maybe leave it out, but since you mentioned it, uh, it's just a simple one. Khalil asks, 
Uh, is there a possibility that the blog on your website will be continued? Probably not. It's in terms of how I think of my time spent. I do enjoy writing, but when I'm thinking about what I do for Charisma on Command now, there's there's the question of scale, which is, will this impact a lot of people? Yeah, it's, unfortunately, that time would have to come from something else. And it would mean, okay, so I'm doing something for this. I write a very interesting blog post on confidence. 97 people see it. It gets seen by a couple hundred. I just put up a video on confidence. It's going to get, it's already got 100,000. So probably not. The other question that I don't know why it hasn't come up that I saw is who do we main in Smash? I've, I answered it. Did you? Yeah. I didn't answer it. <laughs> well, who do you mean in Smash? Or like... Well, good question. Thanks. That's all we've got for today, everybody. <laughs> I main Snake. Yeah, you do. I'm very good. Lame. I, I'm actually not very good. My global Smash power when I play one-on-one, it'll peak at around 3 million. And then those guys mess me up at that point. And then I go down. And then I try to come back. So, But I play a lot of 2v2 with my brother. And those people are so much worse than the one-on-one players. It's fun. Oh, really? Yeah. We had to stop playing with our good characters. We switched. And then I get angry because we lose. So I switch back. <laughs> Very, emotions mastery. Emotional mastery. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Inkling. Thanks for watching, everybody. Inkling. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.